Welcome to the Bullish Drive Podcast, where we explore the realms of faith, mental performance, and personal testimonies through conversations with high-level performers. Join us as we extract valuable insights from their experiences to supercharge your pursuit of peak performance. This is a Bullish Drive Podcast. Welcome to the Bullish Drive Podcast. I'm James Dreesen, your mental performance coach, and we have done it. We are here at our final guest for the first season of the Bullish Drive Podcast. And this season, we've sat down with Olympians, professional musicians, martial artists, professional trainers, and even stepped into the world of esports. And today, I am super stoked with who I have to help us close out our inaugural season. We're exploring resilience, adaptability, and the critical role of mental health and faith in the pursuit of excellence. And our guest today, known as the fastest man in rugby, has a story that transcends sports. It's a narrative of adapting, mind shifts, awareness, and resilience. And today our guest seamlessly transitioned from track and field to the dynamic realm of rugby. The journey was no walk in the park, and our guest faced challenges, uncertainty, and the need for a whole new set of skills. It's a story that reminds us that sometimes our paths take unexpected turns, leading us to places we never imagined, but that ultimately define who we've become. And in the realm of mental performance and through the interviews we've had, the theme of maintaining focus, especially in time of uncertainty, continues to reign as one of the major skills required for high-level performers. So how are you adapting to changing circumstances? Remember, you choose how your circumstance affects you. Your mind needs to be stronger than your feelings. Coming from the realm of track, this individual at the heart of today's episode not only conquered the world of rugby, but also ventured into the NFL and the Olympics. And these elite arenas demand the highest level of skill, determination, and adaptability. Our guest experiences provide a unique perspective on the multifaceted nature of athleticism and the constant evolution required to stay at the top. As we unravel the layers of this incredible journey, let's focus on the mental game. Success in sports is often associated with physical skills, but our guest emphasizes the indispensable role of mental health and faith. The pressures, expectations, and the toll on mental well-being are aspects rarely discussed openly in the world of sports, unless you've joined us for an episode or two here on the Bullish Drive podcast. But today, he shares his experiences shedding light on the importance of prioritizing mental wellness for sustained success, as well as how God has continued to mold and form his perspective on the opportunities presented before him. It's a powerful reminder that whether you're an athlete striving for greatness or an individual navigating your own path, taking care of your mental health is not just an option, it's a necessity. Today's conversation highlights the courage it takes to acknowledge and address the mental challenges that come with pursuing ambitious goals. Now take a moment to just reflect on how the themes of resilience, adaptability, and mental health resonate with your own journey. Whether you're facing a career change, pursuing personal goals, or simply seeking inspiration, there's something universal in today's conversation that we can all connect with. What I love about our conversation today is that we are reminded about the responsibilities we have on our own journeys. It's not our coaches' responsibilities. It's not our agents or our sponsors' responsibilities. God provided us these opportunities to shepherd. And our guest today discusses how we are required to step into those gaps and continue to work through what God has given us. Our agency is built on the foundations of several Bible verses, but one tends to stick out. 1 Corinthians 9.25, where many train hard for the games, but they train for a crown that won't last forever. 
and we train for a crown that will last forever. Mental performance coaching is more than just winning a game or two or three. It's about creating mindset that transcends sports and music, but establishes a foundation that will last and is hopefully passed down through generations and legacies. And with that, I'm incredibly blessed to introduce the final guest of our inaugural season, the fastest man in rugby, U.S. Eagle and Olympian, Carlin Isles. Welcome to the Bullish Drive podcast. How are you doing, man? What's up, man? I'm great, man. How you doing? I'm doing real good, real good. I appreciate you coming on the show. So um, why, why don't we start with just kind of your journey, a little bit of your background and uh, what, what got you into rugby? You know... I'm gonna go back in a nutshell. So I grew up in the foster care system, got adopted when I was eight. And then I pursued football and track growing up. You know, I found out I had a gift of probably about eight years old, which is my speed. And from there, I, I became obsessed with learning and, and owning my craft, perfecting my craft and being the best that I can be and being the fastest. Um, it came about in 2012, I was getting ready for the Olympic trials and track and field. And I came across rugby on the internet. And for me, you know, track was my dream besides track and football, either go to the NFL or being in Olympics in track. And so I came across rugby on the internet and I started watching it on YouTube. And I knew it was going to be at the 2016 Olympics from watching the video. Mm -hmm. I watched it. Ideas kind of popped into my mind. I was like, you know, what if I became the world's fastest rugby player? What if I made the 2016 Olympics? What if I inspired millions around the world? I'm showing you can do anything you put your mind to if you work for it. And what if I made the USA team? And what if I got all these sponsorships? And so I never heard of rugby, never really played it at all. Didn't know much about it. And so I'm watching it and I'm like, man, I'm tenacious. I saw the speed. I saw like Zach Tess doing great things, read yeah. about Brian Habanum. And so then I got on Google who to contact. I found the CEO who was Nigel Melville. Mm -hmm. I emailed him and he called me the next morning. I was living in Austin, Texas at the time. I talked to him. I prayed about it. Four days later, I packed up all my stuff. I moved to Aspen, Colorado. I had like probably $500 to my name at the time. And it took me $250 worth of gas to get up there. And I'm sleeping on couches, eating peanut butter and jelly, ravioli. And I get this opportunity and I work my butt off. And so I get invited to a U USA development tour in Canada where the head coach was going to be there. This is playing rugby for a month. Everybody who was there been playing majority of all their life. I was the only one who's been playing for mm -hmm. about a month. I went there. I tore it up. I got a contract the next day. Uh, moved to San Diego. I made my first tour on team in three months playing rugby. Became the world's fastest rugby player. Made the 2016 Olympics along with the 2021-2020-21 Olympics. And um, inspired so many people around the world. I ended up playing NFL for a bit, and everything that I wanted came true plus more. So that's kind of my my story in a nutshell. Man, I love I love that man. Um, some, something you said a little bit in there, just kind of uh, you know, uh, just just doing it right, like they're um, and just uh, wanting to inspire and the why and stuff like that. Now, did you, did, were you born with that mindset to be like, you know, if I put my mind to it, I'm gonna get it, or is that something that you've developed over time? Where does that come from? Man, I definitely developed over, over time. I think for me, when I first started to, you know, learn about, not even learn, I saw this kid running fast in my neighborhood at eight. And I was like, man, I really want to be fast. And so I used to run up heels all the time. Mm -hmm. 
And then as I got older, and I remember my dad telling me, I was I was still eight at this time. He said, when I went to my first football practice, he said, if you're the fastest, don't ever let nobody beat you. And so mm-hmm. I work hard. And I think what also helped me was watching Rocky movies. Um, yeah. I determination and he came from nothing and made something of himself. And I kind of stuck that mindset uh, as I'm going to be the best I want to be. And I knew at a young age where I wanted to be and where I didn't want to be. And mm. so I devoted all my years to implementing discipline and um, discipline and dedication mm. and not conforming to what everybody else was doing, but owning my own lane and, and going my own way. Man. Yeah. That's uh, um Okay, so there's so many different directions I want to take that, but I think, I think one thing is just you know not letting other people influence uh, the direction that you're going. Like you can be inspired, like you said, Rocky inspired you, right? So you're like the Rocky of rugby, which I love, you know. Um, and and so there's there's flexibility in that, right? So you said you were training to be run track in the Olympics, yeah, right? Yeah. And and how hard was it? Because I I assume that you were training for a while to do that. Yeah. So what, what was that shift for you? Like, what, what, what motivated you? What, what encouraged you to do that? I think for me, it was about, I was like, you know what? If I don't go to the 2000, you know, the 12 Olympics, then what? And I knew the mm-hmm. pain and suffering and the dedication that it took to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to do that in another four years, I didn't know if that's going to be sufficient to me. And I also looked at it and said, you know what? If you're not Usain Bolt, nobody kind of knows about it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of looked at it from that angle. And then I looked at it from another angle as, you know, I really want to 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 share my story and help inspire people and change people. Uh, because I know there's a lot of people that can take away from my story what I can mm-hmm. give and the things that I had to overcome and endure. And I said, my best bet, I said, okay, what can I do? still use my gift and and be able to express myself because my gift allowed me to be free. Mm. And I realized I can do that in another sport. It doesn't have to solely just be track. Uh, Come on. And so when I saw it, that angle, and it's all about perspective, how you see things. Mm. Mm-hmm. I saw it that way and I framed it that way. My vision and my picture and the things that I was capable of doing blossomed even more. And so that's how... Um, I kind of managed that and I was just like, you know what? You know, some people get used to, you know, I'm going to, I play the sport. I'm going to, this is all I'm going to do. I'm going to do, I'm going to do. And it can be closed, closed, like doors, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. But what's another avenue could where I'm still going to be able to use my abilities, but I can do it in a way that's going to uh, open more opportunities for me, for, for you. And I, and I looked at it that, that way. Man, that perspective and reframing. Now, was there was there a specific moment in your life that just kind of kick-started that and was like, um, there are different perspectives to the situation? Uh, was there something that in your past that was like, this is how you got to look at these things to move forward? I think for me, I was I was I was all about the objective. Um, mm. I'm a journey person, but I was I looked at my situation and I had to be real with myself. I think the mm. hard thing some people's had to be real. I said this this 2012 Olympics, I'm not ready for it. I won't be. And I was scared of the next four years. If it wasn't happening, things weren't going to happen. 
how I want it to happen, how would that affect me? And will I still be able to do the things that I wanted to do for us and touch people, inspire, like inspire people and live my dream and my goal and, and live my dream and my, my um, achieve my goals, but also to even, even support myself. And so I think situations force you if you allow it to, mm-hmm. to open mind. And mm-hmm. if you're not open-minded, you close-minded, you can lose out on a lot that life is trying to teach you. So I had to read the picture and mm. get the emotional message in order to be able to understand what direction I needed to go. Man, that's so good. That's so good. A lot of the kids, when they come to our agency, you know, have kind of a fixed mindset, yeah. right? And shifting into that growth mindset can be so difficult, especially like what you said with circumstances, right? And the narrative a lot of times uh, with young athletes is, is very concrete. Right. Like you are the football player. You are the wrestler. You are the basketball player. And when that goes away, well, what am I now? Yeah. Right. Right. So for you, you to switch. And then so I didn't know that you you went into the NFL, too, for a little bit there. Can, can you talk about like how that come about? Man. So I'm sitting here and when I think my old football coach in college, he hit me up and then my agent. Mm-hmm. It was like, man, they, um, it was the Detroit Lions first, and then it was supposed to be the Colts right after that. And so I was like, you know what? That was a dream, a dream of mine to go to the NFL, so I'm going I'm to do it. Yeah, you are. Come on. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm going to really go here to really show my speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went there, and I'm working out with other uh, NFL guys who were either free agents or trying to get picked up on another team that was already, that's already been in an NFL. And so... Mm-hmm. I go up there, I run a 40 on uh, one time. I went 422, and I'm like, man, let me go again. I'll go 4 1. Um, did routes, um, caught punts, and whatnot. And the next day, they wanted to sign me. Boom. I signed. Oh. I was on the team. And then uh, after the season, I was supposed to go back the next season. And then I had to look at myself and say, you know what? You know what? Where do I supposed to be? Mm. And a lot of people was like, NFL, NFL, the money, X, Y, and Z. But I was like, God brought me a long way. And he made a platform for myself. And he showed me how faithful he was. And I didn't have love mm-hmm. for him like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So am I doing it for the right reasons? Or am I doing it for the wrong reasons? And I had to look inside myself and realize that I wouldn't be doing it for the right reasons. And so I didn't go back the next season. Mm-hmm. And I stuck with rugby and bam back into the olympics <laughs> that's what's up i love how much you uh confer with god on your decisions to go through things um was that is that something you've always grown up with is a relationship with god yes man it's, it's, it's important mm-hmm. i think the hardest things are the times where there's uncertainty mm. you don't know where to go what job to go to if you should quit this sport um if you should go to another job What's going to happen if I do? I don't have money coming in. Mm. My, these changes, these these changes scare you. And so you can get stuck in things that are comfortable. But it's this push and pull. Every time there's a push and pull going on, that means, especially for me, it's time for a change. It's telling me something. God is telling me mm, something. That's good. And then the patience part. <sighs> man, you talk about patience, man. I waited so long in order for my dream to come true. And I felt like forever. Mm-hmm. when it happened it happened and i think for me being still 
and then trusting and say, you know what, God, if this is what you want me to do, show me, give me signs, give me directions, make it clear to me, praying, crying, man, mm -hmm. those things, man, you, you do it. And then eventually got to open it way. And you just, but there's things you got to just, you just have to do what you can do the best, what you, do the best you can every day mm. and then handle the rest. But yes, definitely lean, leaning on him for understanding and clarity is important because when you lean on yourself, you can go a direction that wasn't even meant for you. Right. And then the things don't fold the way it folded. And so for me, I didn't want that to happen. And when you have that opening ear and you hear his voice or he give you all the signs that you need, when it happens, man, you gonna be like, I'm glad I did. And that's how I think I've had too many instances of that happening to not revert back to that when times of uncertainty. Man, so that's a word right there, brother. Like, come on now. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, we're just shepherds of this journey, right? Yeah. But it's God's plan. You know what I mean? That's it. And it's 100% with our business too. You know, every day it's like, God, what do I do today? Do I reach out to Carlin today? And if there's no answer, then it's like, all right, status quo, God, I'm just going to keep cruising then until you're like, message that dude. And so I love it. So yeah, man. I, I can feel that. I love where your heart's at with that. Um, let's let's uh kind of talk about. So we're we're about the same height. You're you're like five seven, right? Five six, five seven. Five eight. Sorry, didn't mean to throw you. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, so I played rugby for like twelve years, not at the level you did, but I was a scrum half. So I, I'm I'm five six, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and probably the first thing that I noticed when I stepped onto the pitch was um looking at these massive like 250 pound dudes and be like am i supposed to be here like am i gonna die you know what i mean how much did imposter syndrome ever settle in for you or were you just like this is where i'm supposed to be man uh, i think this is where i was supposed to be i think when i scored my first try against new zealand mm. i was like yeah i'm, I'm in for this <laughs> and you got you. You sit there, but then you see those those big old dudes. You you got to go against, and I got to tackle this guy. <laughs> like my five eight one at the time, I'm a little bigger now, but I was like five eight one sixty um, fifty eight, and I'm tackling guys like six two two thirty two twenty. Yeah, <laughs> it's <was> like, <laughs> but I, then the, you you go in there, the competitive part was like it's either you and me, and I'm not gonna mm. let it. Be, so. But yeah, man, I think when I scored my first, when I got on the series and I scored my first try, I was like, yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So let's, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about the balance that you might have to go through. So there was one game I remember, um, I'm not sure if it was during the Olympics, but uh, you were playing the All Blacks and um, uh, you're, you clotted heads with another player. And I remember distinctly because like I was, I was super stoked to see America doing what they were doing, right? USA was going. And um, and uh, I remember that injury pulled you out of the game. Um, what is, what's the, like, how much weight do you put on just recovery and rest and allowing your body to do that? And how do you come back from stuff like that? Man, I put a lot on recovery. I think, like, even in training, so we were training from, like, 7.45 to 3.30. Um, probably get done about 4-ish. And between those breaks, so we have one break, and we'll have a gym in the morning, we'll have a break, eat, kind of do some recovery, and then we'll have a field session. And that field session is an hour and a half, two hours, every every session is. And then we'll recover after that break. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have, oh, so gym, break, 
um, field session, break, lunch, break, and then um, another field session. And then I'll do another recovery session. So I'm not leaving the training center until like five-ish. Mm. Um, so I I do probably about two massages and one massage every week. Um, I go to my own personal one. And then we have at the training center, they have a whole medical staff. So you can sign up for massages, ice bath, cold, acupuncture, everything that you need and more. Uh, and then I'm doing my own manual um, kind of rehabs, prehab stuff and, and massages and uh, making sure my joints are mobile, X, Y, and Z. But that's every single day, multiple times a day, because mm-hmm. the amount of work that we have to put in and our bodies endure I need it, man. And the, the more I go up, the harder it is to recover. Sure, and yeah. My nutrition had to change completely. And my my body work is just all the time, man. It's it's tedious, but I know how important it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is um now I know some teams have like a mental health uh person on the staff. Yeah. Um is that is that also something that needs to be considered when you're recovering at these high levels of performance? Yes, mental health is very important. Uh I think some people don't realize how important it is and think that, you know, I'm this I'm I'm strong. I can I dealt with this before. I don't need this. I don't need that. But we have people that's on staff that's always there. And I've seen a lot of people who have used those resources and it's been so beneficial to them because the problem is people, there's a lot of expectations from outside mm-hmm. and you have your own expectations, but then you have injuries and then you have life and then you have all these different factors that contribute to mental health and you and, and your performance. And at the same time, if you don't know how to steer your mind and your emotions, it'll have you all over the place. Life will have you literally emotionally all over the place and using those resources um is is vital it's very important man mental health is real real really important love that i love that do you do you have a specific uh like mental skills routine that you you go through before a game or after a game man i think for me i do things to make me feel a certain way so i have to feel fast if i feel fast then regardless Mm. i'll play well I'm gonna do well. And I think for me, even little jitters, um, breathing. You know, we had Claire who, she was kind of like, how can I say? She dealt with a lot of psychological part of mm. like team and how we deal with stress. And then even Pete, he was like a, he's a performance like coach and he was mm-hmm. in the Navy SEALs. Okay, so yeah. He's taught us a bunch of different things far as, you know, when you stressed or these starts come, what techniques can you use breathing wise or focal or, or vision wise or looking at things from a different perspective to get you back to the center, mm-hmm. you know? And then everything's about being present. How can you get back to the present moment um, of big moments of intense moments? And I think those techniques has helped us as a team and individually big time man that's so good that's like what you said we when you said just like trusting your body pretty much right taking the emotions out right we use a term in our with our clients called looks good feels good 
right? Yeah. If you yeah. if you miss a shot, if you miss a tackle, you just stop, tell yourself, looks good, feels good, and you move on, right? Yeah. You just keep trusting your body, you know? So I, I like that, that you're adding that in and like you have your own regiment as far as that stuff goes, you know? So that's great. I agree. I love it. Is there is there any specific moment in your career where you felt like um, it was so important to have uh, your mental uh, skills and everything in check? Yes, I would say probably last year. Okay. I last year I actually took a backup sabbatical from rugby, mm. and I do regardless of how I felt. And for like six months, I didn't have my drive, and I was forcing myself wake up early, mm. dreading going to training, dreaded it, man. Sometimes I'll I'll go on tour, and before tour, I'm thinking about how do I how can I get out of this. What can I say to get out of going? Mm. And I knew I had to do something different. I knew I had to make some minute change. Mm. And what it, what was it, what was it meaning? And so I took a break and I was also scared about life after sport. What would that look like? Mm. And I had, for a long time, I was trying to figure out what I'm gonna do after sport. And I had no idea. Mm. And I took that time and that courage to tell my coach, man, I said, I was in Spain, bought a house in Austin. And I was like, coach, I'm gonna I'm I'm take a break and I'm gonna figure mm. out and I'm gonna do some things that I don't wanna do, um, uncomfortable things and uncertainty things. And I did that. And I came out on a better end, uh, got my degree, um, about to finish my master's as well. Yeah. Yeah, I took advantage of it and yeah. Now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back, probably do another Olympics. And so I I did that for me, man. Um, and I needed that. Mm. It was, I think the hardest thing is is to listen to yourself and do something that's un, that's where it's uncertainty because on the other side of it, I'm starting from scratch again. You know, mm. I, was, I was a child advocacy specialist. I represented kids who were abused and neglected in court. Mm. I was a supervisor at Parks and Rec. And so track coach for college, I was dibbling and dabbing, doing this and doing that. And so for me, I needed that for my mental health and I needed that for me, man. And so, yeah, that's, that's one thing. And well, first off, I appreciate your transparency. You know, you could, you could have said no, you know, like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to talk about it. But, but I think that says a lot about you, uh, you know, throughout this conversation, all I noticed is humility, humility, you know, like. And, and I appreciate that. And I think with any professional high-level athlete or even a, a kid who's aspiring to be an athlete, you need to have a level of humility. You need to know when your body's saying stop. You need to know uh, when you have to stand up and be courageous and be like, coach, I just, I need some, like a break from this right now, yeah. you know? Um, so if you, <laughs> I love this question, but if, if you had to talk to 10-year-old Carlin Isles right now from the future, um, what would be something that you would do to encourage them? Um, yeah, encourage him and just like keep motivating him. I think I'll tell him I'm, I'm proud of him so far. Mm -hmm. what, what he has done. I would tell him to continue to push through the times of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And through those moments, what does it mean and what adjustments do you need to make? Mm -hmm. And 
don't shy away even if it's something that you don't want to do because if you do that you never receive the blessing behind it Hmm. so go in there courageous and whatever happens know that there's an outcome there's a there's a wisdom or lesson regardless of good or bad but it's going to get you to your destination and where you need to go next so don't look at it as if it's um, it's it's bad don't look at it as you know what i don't know what it's going to be so i'm going to do what's more familiar to you look at it as regardless it's going to step you it's going to make your next step an even more important or even better step for you and realize that that step cannot close some other door or that door but also may lead you to knowing exactly where you need to be so man trust that process dude and oh. like and like God, right? Let yes. God <laughs> don't try to don't try to lean on other people or your own self. And people want to feel certain. That's the thing. People do things to feel certain, mm, right? And when you do those things to feel certain. It's not always a, the correct way, right? So let God show you, because His way is always His plan for you is is better than the plan that you have for yourself. Right. So don't stop His plan for your own plan. That's mm-hmm. limited. Yeah, man. And like, it seems like every time that I've followed God, I had to kill some part of me. Yeah. Holding me back. And that's, that's the uncomfortable part, right? Mm. You know, because it's like, like God will tell me like, uh, you know, get rid of that. And I'd be like, oh, but I've had it for so long. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, you gotta get rid of it, bro. You gotta get rid of it. Or you got, you gotta distance yourself from this group of people. And you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, but they, you know, they're my ride or die. Like they carry me through all that stuff. But it's like, that was a season. It's time to move on. I think to any young or anybody in general, regardless of who you are, I think the the main thing is know who you are and love who you are, and don't let don't let your validation come from external factors hmm. and why you do something, why you stay into something. Do it because it's genuine. Do it because you're doing it for a purpose. And if it's not for your purpose, doesn't matter what nobody say, doesn't matter how many applauses you get or how many people pat you on your back. Mm. If you're doing it for that and you stand something for that, you'll die to that and it won't mm. be anything. So do it for you, know your worth. Doesn't matter, know your worth regardless of anything. Know your worth because life will tell you or you're not you're not good enough or this you're not going to make it um it can it can throw so many negative stones at you but don't take that as your own voice yeah leave it where it's at but know who you are because regardless of what my circumstances were i knew who i was and that's what helped me get to where i am today regardless of who doubted me who believed in me and who helped me rely on self learn how to be everything you you know you can be and the last thing is what you don't know will cost you. Mm. So learn as much as you can, be as student as you can, because when you need people, you're gonna you're gonna realize that they're not always gonna be there. So learn how to be everything for you. Man, come on, Carlin Owls. Come on, dude. That's so good. Well, Carlin, thank you for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. 
Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, Great. man. I love this. Absolutely. It's what we are called to do. Thank you guys so much for joining this season on the Bullish Drive podcast. I look forward to joining you for more incredible conversations actually on season two, premiering in 2024. Stay up to date on our Instagram. There will be a preview dropping very soon for season two and all the incredible guests we have on the show. I'm James, your mental performance coach. And if you are an athlete, musician, esports competitor, or someone just looking to get their mind right for their next massive adventure, reach out to us at www.bullishdrive.com. Set up a free 30-minute session with myself to see how I can help you out. But of course, that choice is up to you and your destiny is waiting. Peace.